360Ed TV is brought to you by Rice Studios and Agility. Dr. Ko, welcome to 360Ed TV. Um, today you've been sharing outputs from your international case study, which looks at uh, utilising mobile apps to drive greater engagement. In the context of what we've been listening to today, this is very, very timely. Could you give us a high-level summary of uh, the case study, its context and its findings? Sure, my pleasure. Um, we have been experimenting with uh, online games, online tools, because we we realised in, in education, you just got to engage the students mm. in learning. And to engage them, you just got to go with the flow. And if this is their space, we've got to hijack it. So that's why we have been creating a lot of online stuff and mobile uh, apps and all that. And um, clearly, it all boils down to the original design of the resources that you are going to put it up. So if your original instructional design didn't start out well, then too bad. It's just wasted, all right? So because this is only a tool, this is only a platform, at the end of the day, it is the pedagogy, it is the instructional design that will make the difference. And to do that, we have got to understand our learners. We've got to understand that our kids today, they are so distracted, there are so many things, so exciting. Then in order to get their attention, you've got to create your learning resources in such a way that it is relevant, it is meaningful, and it is appealing. And therefore, when you create an app, you've got to build in features to make it so appealing that that trigger will keep them coming and that you have got something in there that has got this tickiness and they want to come back for more. Mm. Um, I teach graduates and prepare them to teach in schools. And I always tell them that a good teacher will be so super engaging and inspiring the kids want to come back for your lessons. They look forward to your lessons yeah. and they want to learn more. They're begging you to teach them more. And then you have become an awesome teacher. It's a good point, actually, if students aren't able to relate effectively and, yes. and find value in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's difficult to draw them back to the classroom, isn't it? Um, in your session, you asked the question, are mobile or smart devices a distraction Mm -hmm. or a classroom aid. I'd be interested in your thoughts on the context and the attitudes to using smart devices where you see them used poorly and where you see them used well. Okay, just like the history of converting stuff online, that was a big mistake. If teachers think that by putting up their PowerPoints online, by putting up PDF documents, the kids are going to read and then we've done our job, then that's a problem. Mm. Because when you want to leverage on the affordances of technology, you then have got to think through and cleverly use the features that the affordances can give. So for example, if you just upload all your stuff online and get them to uh, refer to it, no point, because they aren't learning. On the other hand, 
a well-designed course that is very well um, integrated with lots of other relevant case studies. Like for example, I put in a little bit video clip, you know, a short clip to yep. capture your attention. And after that, I give you some definitions to explain it. And after that, I ask you a quiz or I ask you to do a drag and drop activity. So as for you to reinforce your learning, so as for you to like, hey, what did I just learn from that clip? Um, what, what is this about? What are the three key points? And if the students can then focus on those three key points, get very interested, read around it, read about it, talk about it with their friends, then we have done our job. Mm. Mm. So you need to offer them these resources that are carefully designed in such a way that they will then think deeper. First, you get their attention and then they get them to talking about it. And then they go deeper, they go on to a discussion mm. forum, they talk about it, they can debate on it, they can co-create knowledge. When they can co-construct knowledge, you know they are there. Yeah, and they're able to collaborate around that information and then yes. build, yeah. Um, in your mind, is it important to consider mobile first or think about the way that you structure learning activities uh, for ubiquitous delivery? The latter. Yeah. You have got to have very, very strong pedagogically sound um, lesson plan. Yep. You have got to know clearly how I would like the students to learn this topic and how I want to integrate this topic to the other topics so that at the end of the day, the students will be able to connect the dots. Mm. And in order to do that, it has got to be a well thought through plan and to think through how I want the whole syllabus to roll out and at which point in time am I going to do um, performance tasks, at which point in time I'm going to ask them, okay, now go gather research, go snap, snap, snap pictures of uh, blah, 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 so as to bring it to class, talk about it. It has got to be well planned. And if it's well thought through, well planned, all these jigsaw puzzles will fall together mm. and the whole picture will be mm. complete. So, yes. This is only a tool, it's only a platform to do what you intend the learners to do. For example, it's so easy to just, okay, we go on an excursion, you use pen and paper, you write down your thoughts, um, sketch your observation, etc. Yes, you can do that. And that could be a very, very um, strong, pedagogically sound lesson. Mm. But if you have got affordances where you can do this, where you get them to snap the pictures, upload it, talk about it, put their reflections so as their classmates can then um, continue mm. with this conversation, then use it. Because the learning continues. Exactly. Yeah. And for the teacher, so, so at the end of the teacher, at the end of the excursion, when the teacher has got all these 200 um, points, one look from the back-end analytics, the teacher will know where the learning has happened, where there's a gap. Because mm. if somebody snaps something and, and, and it shows that there is a misconception there, tomorrow when I go to class, I can then tackle that. So then this becomes a diagnostic tool. So academics then can start to think about using 
the outputs as a reflective component. Exactly. Sorry, inputs into the reflective component of what they yep. do. And then you use that to plan your yep. next lesson yep. because you can address the uh, problems there so, or build on it. So that's a really nice segue into my next question. And you talk about integrating mobile phones and smart devices uh, into an educational context to achieve uh, continuous learning. What do you mean by continuous learning? Okay. Um, I teach marketing or even accounting, you can mm. use it too. So for example, I'm teaching the, the four P's of marketing and I'm going to teach um, pricing strategies. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if I'm teaching pricing strategies and I go like, hey, you know, so um, I want to see whether do you understand what I've just explained today in class or maybe there was a video clip, watch it and then talk about it. But if I were to ask my students to try to, exp to try to manifest their learning, then what happens is that I'll go like, okay, go snap when you go shopping this afternoon, go snap something and then I will use that in class tomorrow. So when the kids go off from school, bell rings, they go shopping. A guy may go snap, let's say, uh, a printer with a computer and that is bundling. And then uh, this girl may go and snap Estee Lauder, cosmetics, yep. and then, you know, and that's bundling. And then somebody else may snap a special offer and say, oh, I like that. And uh, oh, that's odd even pricing, for example. And when I come to class tomorrow, I could use the students' examples. And when I use the student's example, I go like, yes, this is a very good illustration of what the marketers do when they want to use this pricing strategy. And I go on to say, okay, the next P, promotion, what then do we do if we need to make adjustments? So you see, one builds on another. And at the end of the day, this continuous learning is actually starting from a granular form, a simple concept, and I grow it to become a more complex thing. So it is continuous learning in the sense that I make, it, I make it very interactive through this mobile phone. Because of this mobile phone, I can always engage my students. Mm. I can have, a let's say my lesson is next week. I can suddenly, because of some current affairs, I push it out. There's push notification where I go, hey, there's this thing that happened today in the papers. How does it affect us as marketers? And then, you know, they can then, oh, they can get so excited, they can talk about it. Mm. And when we come to class next week, we can then, as a teacher, consolidate these learning points and talk about it. So, learning never ends. It never ends. It goes on yeah. and yeah. on and yeah. it's getting more and more exciting as we build in current affairs, yeah. etc. So, thinking about continuous learning in that sense, I guess, what are the implications when you're thinking about content or application development and how you start to, I guess, scaffold the development of, of the app or the content or the activity development around that concept of continuous learning? Okay. Are we talking about the rollout of the uh, lessons or are we talking about working with the techie guys? With the techie guys, because it's uh, what I'm trying to get my, uh, what I'm trying to, I guess, think about is uh, there's going to be um, a pedagogical framework. Sure. We're going to look at the way in which we will develop certain mm. concepts. Mm. And we want to use these activities to do that. Mm -hmm. And we want to do it in a way which is open ended. Right. So, 
what are the things I need to think about as I go back to my app teams, my mm -hmm. dev teams, mm -hmm. to communicate that clearly so that the app starts to align with my concept of continuous learning. Right. When we talk about game, uh, when we talk about design, the app development side, you find that we we have got to have begin with the end in mind, mm. right? and that is mm. our learners, our pedagogy, that's most yep. important. So that should be driving this rather than technology driving it. So um, a lot of uh, educators wait for the app to be developed and then try to use it. That shouldn't be the way. Mm. What I do is I would work with my app developer hand in hand and we actually have got to go through a few iterations before we start piloting the beta version. Mm. So what happens is that, okay, the teachers will have a wish list. So that's where we do our research, we have our training needs analysis, yep. and the teachers will come with a wish list. The app developers will say, okay, I can build in all these features. And then that's only one round. And that's not enough because when the teachers look at it, the teachers go like, mm, I think um, we need to make this more exciting. Can you please put in more uh, reward system? Your leaderboard isn't good enough. Yeah, you know, yeah, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. So we say, okay, um, when the students submit something, we want to give them a thumbs up, for example. So, so we start to build in the rewards part. And then the teachers may say, Oh dear, this is very nicely done. But I think um, because I'm taking them on the learning trail, I think I need it to be GPS enabled. Of course. So, so you, 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 you you're seeing that the development of the, the teaching uh, approach starts to inform. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So, so because of that, because of the uh, many, many iterations, then you get something that is mm. um, good to go out. And then we pilot test it. Well, you've it. tested it, yeah. You've got of your minimal viable yeah, product to release. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then you not only got to get the teachers, you've got to get the students to talk about their experience. And you'd be surprised, students may say, oh, it's too troublesome. Can we have everything on one dashboard? I don't want to like go out there, go out there. I don't go YouTube. I, don't, I want everything on the same dashboard. Yeah, because then you're, you're, you know, we have mind maps and all that. Yep. So instead of, you know, going out to YouTube to watch a video clip and then going to another platform, C-Map to do your mind maps, they want everything all in one dashboard. So they don't want to get out there. So these are things that you get to get the wish list of the students because the user experience is super important. Mm. So we not only talk about the UI, the user interface, we also talk about user experience. And um, we also don't want it to be too wordy. We prefer it to be chunky. So that big picture, you know, um, mm. based on understanding by design, we always talk about What's the question here? What's the big idea? So the big ideas must come through and then get them interested to read more around it. That's where you can get learning happening. Okay. Yeah, and I can see that there's going to be very much a need for, um, you talked about looking at different uh, stakeholder groups and getting feedback from them. So the way in which the app displays for academics will be different in a sense to what the students are seeing and then how the reporting of that happens. Um, are there key principles that practitioners should be thinking about in creating uh, a strategy for improving interactions and learning outcomes using mobile apps? What are the things that you would recommend 
academics think about, developers think about in that process. And one of the things you just talked about was, I guess, making sure that you map um, uh, stakeholder feedback quite clearly at different points. But what would be some other key pieces to, to think about? Okay, if we are talking about stakeholders, I talked about students, the learners, I talked about the uh, teachers, because the teachers want to be able to have push notification, the teachers will want the back-end analytics to see students' progress. And you'd be surprised, the parents also want to say. So parents would want limited playtime, for example, mm. so that they, they say, yeah, the app is fine, but I think I would like to limit the, uh, the number of hours the kids spend on it. That's fine, especially for the younger ones, the elementary mm. school. Mm. You know, it's like the Pokemon Go craze. Yeah. Yep. So we, we do put in experience points to limit the usage and all that. So all these other... Um, I would Which in itself it, could push to uh, a parent's phone as well so that they are continuously part of the continuous learning process and so because the circle is unbroken. Yeah, we want them yeah. to cheer them yeah. on. We want everybody. Yeah. It takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. So that part is, uh, is, is all the other stuff. But within the app itself, if you are asking me, what are the key principles of putting stuff onto the mobile phone? Pedagogically, sound is strictly important. Mm. Understanding the learners on what learners are able to absorb, what are they excited about, that is very important. So you know your target, you uh, make sure that your content is delivered in bite size. Yes. And make sure you build in evaluation. Because you see, people talk about assessment and they always yes. think that, oh, when I finish the whole module and then I give them a quiz. Too late. They, they might be lost along the way. Mm. So we usually want to ensure that they are following. And uh, assessment does not necessarily come in the form of a quiz. Assessment, like I said just now, oh, could, could be come, a variety yeah, of things. Yeah, 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 yeah. And a mobile device gives you the ability to create much more granular data points. Exactly. So you understand what, as you said before, what is working, what's not working. Right. Very good. Right. Dr. Ko, it's a last question for you, and it's a question I've asked everybody today. Um, some have laughed, some have thought deeply about it. I'd be interested in your uh, reflections on the question. Is the four-year undergraduate degree dead? Why should it be? It's getting more exciting. No, I think that's a great. I think that's a great answer. What, what do you see as the opportunities for, I guess, um, make it more exciting, uh, expanding the opportunities that the undergraduate degree uh, provides? Okay, let's talk about. I, I'm not sure which, um, who have you interviewed, and uh, what sort of courses do you have in mind. But basically, a university education. Yep. It's not just a discipline base. And university a university education is broad-based and develops your critical thinking. It helps the learner, it prepares the learner for a future such that they can unlearn, relearn, you know, anytime. And therefore, it doesn't matter. So if you have got four years, great. First year, I give you some basics to prepare you, to get you thinking. So even you talk about design thinking, computation thinking, and you get exposed to various domains mm. of knowledge, 
Great. I always advocate, you know, that we celebrate um, diverse, uh, you know, diverse, diverse opinions, diverse uh, topics, you know, so that we are not so insular. Mm. So if you want to learn about marketing, you need to know so many things. You need to understand finance. You need to understand psychology. You need to understand so many other things. So that's fine. So you get exposure to different domains. And then you see, if you get them to, to go on this journey for four years, such that they get plucked in to, say, internship, yep. mentors, practitioners, and then they go out, find out something, they come back, they talk about it, they learn more. Mm. They'll be so inspired and so motivated to want to learn more. And that's where your technical things can come in to be so relevant, so meaningful. So you picked up on, and you actually talked about a couple of themes that came out with um, a couple of our earlier speakers, and it was about the opportunity that a four-year undergraduate degree can provide you to be a little bit more uh, flexible in the components that you can take. Um, currently, four-year degrees are fairly prescriptive. Start here, get to the end, maybe you want to do honours. But maybe rethinking of that four-year degree so that you have a more flexible, um, not arts-based, but you have a more flexible approach to what you take on. Dr Ko, thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Yes, it's a pleasure. Thank you.